I have to apologize because one of the most important things I have talked about this year on Behind the Space Bar, you probably didn't hear because I really didn't set up or name the episode well, but we're gonna fix all that on today's episode. Hey everyone and welcome back to Behind the Space Bar. This is the place for folks that use Ableton Live on stage to perform with. If that's you, then welcome. Welcome to the final episode. I think it's the final episode. Let's see, let's see when I look at the calendar here. Yeah, the final episode. That's crazy. A Behind the Space Bar for this year. Uh, like I said in the intro, um, I, we're going back through the past couple episodes. We've recapped previous episodes of Behind the Space Bar. Ones that I feel like were important enough to bring back out. And this is one that I just missed on. This is one where honestly the content is uh, super important. Uh, and I know, I think for all of these, I said, this may be one of the most important episodes I've done, but this one is one that um, is super important that, that you probably skipped over. And probably when you go back and look through the list, you'll never consider listening to. I kind of buried the lead on this. Today, we're gonna recap and listen to uh, episode 10 of the podcast, which was, should you update to live 11.1? And you're going, well, Will, but now we're on live 11.2. In fact, I think as we record this, we're live 11.2.5. So why would we go back and listen to episode uh, 10 of should you update to live 11.1? I get it, right? You're like, what the heck, Will? But that's why I screwed up because the second half of this episode, I share a process for updating software or hardware that's kind of a systematic process that you can follow that I think is really, really beneficial. In fact, uh, a few folks just recently got bit by having automatic updates turned on. They got updated to a live 11.2. There was an issue with older Ableton Live sets that when it opened that showed up as corrupt and, and people were panicking. And so I quickly figured out a solution and emailing Ableton support that they shared. I created a video, shared that solution, and hopefully solve this for a lot of people. But it reminded me of the importance of this content. Uh, and in fact, I kind of took this episode out, this list of, of this process, and I put it in a, a, a backstage pass email that I send every Monday to uh, folks that are on that list. And because it's super important. It's so important. I may even do an episode in 2023 that's just this content again. Maybe we'll go a couple of months, let it see if there's anything new that needs to be added to this. But this is incredibly important. This is how to upgrade your software and or hardware. Um, stay up to date, but do it in a way that's safe that will not cause glitches or issues in your setup. So listen to this episode. We'll listen to it together. I'll be back at the end to share some brand new thoughts that I have not shared ever before. Um, so dive in. It's super important. See you in just a second. Yes, I'm going to try to answer the question, should you update to Ableton Live 11.1? But I also want to just talk about a general process for updating to new software or hardware um, in a way that's safe, in a way that's reliable. Because if you're going to be using Ableton Live on stage, then there's two things that that we need to kind of balance. One, we can't be a dinosaur and never update and uh, continually hold out. And we're still on Ableton Live 9. We still haven't updated our Mac to the newest operating system. Uh, We still have our really old uh, interface that we've never updated that we connect using Firewire. We can't be a dinosaur, but then at the same time, we can't suddenly update every single time a new update comes out because things will break, things will go bad. So what I wanna talk about today is yes, should you update to Ableton Live 11.1? We'll, we'll kind of answer that question, but then to give a general uh, process for safely updating and upgrading software and hardware. Uh, like I mentioned, Ableton has released the newest version of Live, Live 11.1. I've been spending some time with it, kind of exploring it. Uh, last week I created a couple of videos, I'll link in the 
show notes of this. Uh, one, I shared a video sharing my five uh, favorite like features of Live 11.1. I will say 11.1 is not like a life-changing update. There's not uh, tons of features that I think are going to revolutionize things. But there's one feature in particular for those of us using Live on stage that to me uh, shows that, that Ableton really still cares about this segment of users and is making some progress and in, in some things that I think could be really cool. Uh, you'll have to check out that video in the show notes. I also did for Sunday Sound Design a deep dive into Shifter, uh, which is a new device in live. Uh, and this was kind of fun. It's like an opportunity to look over my shoulder as I explore something for the first time. Um, and uh, it, and kind of like, instead of me teaching you something, I'm figuring this out as we go. I don't love doing videos like that. I feel super like self-conscious. I don't like making mistakes on camera, uh, but it was fun. And so hopefully you guys will enjoy that. Both of the links are in the show notes for this. Um, so live released 11.1. Let me really quickly in the first three minutes of the episode, answer the question that I pose in the title. Should you update the live 11.1? Yes, I think you should because it's free if you purchase live 11. Uh, if you haven't purchased live 11 yet, um, then you should update because there's a lot of great features to live 11 comping, templates, um, some really great navigation features that I think make 11 worth the update. Uh, we're, we're at the period where there's been enough time using it, testing on stage where uh, I think I haven't had any issues. Um, the update to 11.1 in particular for those of us using M1 Macs um, makes it uh, fully supported. So uh, M1 Mac, uh, Apple Silicon computers are supported now. So 11.1 is absolutely essential if you're on an M1 trying to use Ableton Live. So yes, you should update the Live 11.1. Uh, it's a free update. There's some cool things that are in there, particularly for those of us using live on stage that, again, remind me that we're headed in the right direction. Check out the link in the show notes where I dive deep into that. Also, if you're using an M1, it's super crucial. So I gave you the answer in the first three minutes of the show. Should you update the live 11.1? Yes. But again, this, the back half of this, what we're talking about, kind of this general updating uh, principle and idea. Um, uh, this was prompted going through that, but then also Ethan reached out recently with a great question. He said, I wonder if you have anything to say on the reliability of Live 11 for backing tracks, playback, and Live MIDI compared to Live 10. So Ethan, thanks for reaching out and sharing that question. Uh, if you guys have any questions that you want answered, um, you, you think would make for a great podcast episode, you have suggestions on content, a tutorial you'd like to see, uh, you can always send me an email, questions at fromstudiotostage.com, questions at fromstudiotostage.com. Um, that's the best way to reach out. That will go straight to my inbox. I'll process that. And uh, and again, maybe like Ethan, you'll, you'll get your question answered in a future episode. Um, so again, to answer kind of Ethan's question, up front. Yes, I, uh, Live 11 is 100% stable now, particularly those of us on M1 computers. 11.1 solves uh, some bugs that I uh, discovered in the software, and I'd like to uh, hope to believe that Ableton fixed um, uh, one of those particular bugs because of me. I don't, I don't know that, but uh, my experience is much better on Live 11.1 on an M1 Mac than it was on Live 11. But with Ethan's question, it reminded me um, we're in an interesting time. Apple's released M1 computers. Ableton has Live 11.1. Um, a lot of you out there watching are using plugins live on stage either uh, for setless management things or for uh, key stuff and key sounds. And so you've got a lot of stuff kind of in your process. Um, and so how do you up update safely? Again, we don't want to be a dinosaur and stick around and use the same gear forever. Some of you reach out and say, hey, is this template available in Live 9? And I'm like, Live 9 was like 13 years ago. Like you got to update at some point. You got to bite the bullet. And I know that's trickier 
for some of us than others monetarily financially it's like man it's difficult um if this is something that's going to provide for your uh financial future as a band as a playback tech or whatever it's it's worth biting the bullet and updating i get that but then at the same time we don't want to update too quickly so what should we do so here's what i want to talk through um uh the, kind of in this this episode so i'm going to share what i think is a real safe process um very specific systematic process for updating this is an episode you're probably going to want to save uh you're going to want to share with folks that um, are in live production like you that perform on stage maybe you're a worship leader music director working in a church and you're working with volunteers, you're working with a production team, uh, all those sorts of things. This is content that's going to be super useful. So we're going to walk through a nine-step process for updating, uh, I think, successfully and safely. But before I get there, I want to talk about three uh, kind of rules for updates that I think are going to be super important. I think we can all agree on this. Some of these we already know, but it's worth saying them out loud. Number one, never upgrade, never update in the middle of a tour or a current gig. What I mean by that, my buddy Tyler, he just hit the road um, two, three weeks ago, as I'm recording this, uh, out on a, a, a leg of a tour with the band that he's working with doing playback. Um, and Tyler is out on the road right now. Live just released 11.1. Um, I think like he left and then it was like the week later they released 11.1. Here's my suggestion to Tyler. Do not update to live 11.1. And here's the reason why. And, and and don't miss out. I said, should you upgrade earlier? I said, yes. Now I'm talking to Tyler and saying, no, uh, Tyler will update, but he's going to follow that systematic nine set process. It'll make sense in a second. But what I'm trying to say is um, you're out on the road. iConnectivity releases a firmware update. Um, Strange Electronic releases an update to the setless plugin. Uh, Ableton releases an update to, to live, 11.1. You're in the middle of a tour. You're about to start a new um, uh, run of maybe three weeks of, of shows or whatever. Uh, and the night before uh, you start the tour, you go, oh, there's a new update and you update. Do not do that. And the reason why is you need some some time to, to process things. You need time to test things. We're going to talk about the nine-step process for doing that. Uh, but never upgrade in the middle of a tour or a current gig. Um, those of you listening to this that are in church world, that's going to be a little more difficult for you because your gig never ends. It happens every Sunday, every seven days, uh, you're on the line. Uh, but again, if you follow this nine-step process, you're going to be able to, and you are going to update in the middle of that. But in general, as a general principle, if you don't miss anything else, do not upgrade in the middle of a tour current gig. Number two, rule for update, never update on your main machine unless you have a safety net. Uh, one of my favorite stories to tell about this is um, years and years and years and years ago, when I first started kind of getting in the process of um, uh, creating content online, it's an interesting world because every piece of content you create, uh, there's someone in the world, uh, particularly folks on YouTube that will comment, that will explain to you why you're wrong, you're an idiot, took you too long to get to the point, and here's a better way to do it. And so I remember in particular, one of those early examples is uh, Apple would release a OS update. And back then I was a little better at like timely. Uh, I'm still pretty good at this with course content and stuff, but timely like blog post. So I think I was getting a lot of traction and a lot of people interested in my site at the time, which uh, at, at that time I had a company called Loops and Worship. Um, and uh, I did a blog post that said, um, hey, able to, or, uh, Apple released a new version of Mac OS. Don't upgrade. Don't update. Uh, it's not safe. And then someone on Twitter, because I used to be dumb enough to be on Twitter, uh, you know, replied and said, yeah, that's really stupid. I updated on my main machine. Like, there's no reason why you should hold off. Definitely update. 
And a lot of the reasons they had for why they should update, um, I would agree with. But uh, I saw literally the next day that same exact person. There's a, a weird sense of ironic justice, and this is probably a bad thing. It says a lot about my personality, but uh, I got a lot of joy and satisfaction in the next day seeing that person say, oh, my, my computer won't turn on now. I've got to pivot to a time machine backup because I updated to the OS on my main machine, and now I can't use it. It was just too early. And I thought, that's exactly why I put that, that I guess at the time, tweet, blog post, um, out there to say, don't update on your main machine, because uh, if it goes down, you're, you're hosed, like it's a bad thing. Um, so don't update on your main machine unless you have a safety net. So an example of that would be, um, you know, uh, running the beta OS for Apple on an external hard drive, booting from that, running from that externally. Uh, if you have a lot of generous backups and you feel safe updating on your main machine, I, I guess that's fine. Um, I personally just would not do that. I, you know, I, I think uh, for me, I've got this this computer here in the studio. If something doesn't work great with that, it's not a huge deal for me to take a couple hours and pivot to a backup. Uh, I've got a laptop that I use kind of as my daily driver now, and um, I, I maybe would hold off on updating that. And in fact, the, the OS on that is a couple OSs ago. I haven't updated that. I, I, it's time for me to. But I ha haven't updated that because that's kind of my primary machine that I use, the studio one. I'm a little more okay with updating because if it goes down, I've got plenty of backups. I can pivot back to those and taking a couple hours out of my day to, to transition back to there is worth the cost to stay up to date and, and fresh. But number two, never update on your main machine unless you have a safety net. That's just a general principle. If you're smart enough to know how to do backups and to boot from external backups, um, or maybe you have a, uh, uh, you know, maybe you have a, um, uh, I don't know, a way to do this that you feel confident about, then sure, go for it. But don't be the guy that calls me out and says you should update. And then the next day says your computer is trashed. But here's the third thing. And this is why we're going to get to these nine rules of um, uh, kind of this nine rule process framework for updating safely is you've got to stay current on updates. Now, I just ironically said, um, you know, my laptop is a couple OSs behind my computer in the studio here is like an one OS behind. Um, you've got to stay current on updates. Don't be left behind. Don't be a dinosaur. Don't cling to this really, really old version of Ableton Live, Live 9. Someone on YouTube a while ago commented and said that Ableton broke everything starting with Live 10, and that's why they still use 9. And I just thought, okay, whatever, dude. Like everyone that comments on YouTube videos is confident that they are the the one person in the world that holds all the knowledge. And I'm like, just what, you know, sure. Great. God bless you. Great for you. Uh, don't be left, left behind. Uh, a common example for me, I release a product for live 11 and people typically say, do you have this for 10? Do you have this for nine? I think that, do you have this for 10 question is valid. Um, that's one version behind, uh, I, you know, I could understand holding off. I can understand. And again, we'll talk about this process to, to walk through this nine step framework process to make this work. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that and that will help. But then people reach out and say, do you have this for live nine? And I'm like, again, man, this is like 13 years ago. I know it's not that long ago, but live nine is so long ago. Um, uh, it, it's worth updating. And again, I know the money question always comes into play. Um, but one of the things Ableton does really nicely is their, their upgrade and update cycle, um, is something that you could plan on about once a year. Again, from uh, 11 to 11.1 .1 was a free update. So that didn't cost any money from 10 to 11 was a paid update. 
Um, I guess it was 10.5, I think is what we were at to 11 was a paid update. Um, but if you kind of follow that wave as it happens, a lot of times I'll do sales to help that upgrade process. So budget in like 200, $300 a year that you're slowly saving up for each month to get to that point and you'll, you'll be able to afford it. Um, but here's the thing. Don't be left behind. Uh, the other big reason you shouldn't be left behind is you've got to be your main source of, of knowledge when it comes to updating. And I don't want to, I don't want to jump past that and miss that. I think the main point of this episode and, and when Ethan reached out, uh, it just kind of triggered this thought for me is your knowledge of when to update of when to upgrade cannot be based on someone else's experience cannot be based on someone else's uh, wisdom, knowledge. Uh, it has to be based on your personal experience. And here's the reason why. Um, um, two reasons. One, I'll share. I, I taught at a, a worship conference a couple years ago. I guess this was, um, this was, yeah, I think almost two years ago. I think it was in the middle of 2020. Uh, it was a virtual thing. And uh, it, I was teaching about using Able to Live. And afterwards, we did a question and answer. And in the Q&A, someone reached out and said, yeah, I haven't updated Ableton because my buddy down the road said, you know, five years ago, it was really, really buggy. And so he said, don't use Ableton. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Like maybe five years ago, it was buggy. You know, we did that transition. Some of you may have been using Live long enough to remember. I think it was from eight to nine. And uh, Ableton was incredibly buggy and Gerhard kind of did the, the letter to apologize and said we're changing our development processes. And since then, there hasn't been a release that um, that's been riddled with bugs like that one transition. Uh, let me know in the comments if you've been around long enough to remember. I think it was from eight to nine. Maybe it was eight to eight point five. Maybe it was eight point five to nine. I can't remember what it was, but there was a time where that that was a buggy experience. Now, being at that conference, maybe that guy's buddy experienced that then, and and his trust was burned, and you know whatever. That's great. But this this guy who commented is missing out on this incredible experience of using Ableton Live on stage simply because some guy sometime somewhere had an issue and told him not to use it. So don't rely on someone else's knowledge. One because they may be wrong. Um, search any topic on YouTube and you'll get 10 videos all telling you different approaches, all telling you different ways to do it. Sometimes you'll get videos telling you just flat out the wrong way to do it. Don't trust someone else's experience. The other reason why this is super important, and this is about to lead us into those nine rules, that nine kind of step framework for updating and upgrading is everyone's setup is different. The the software, the hardware you're using, you're using Ableton Live, but you're using it with a UA interface. You're using Ableton Live, but you're using it on an M1 computer. You're using Ableton Live, but you're using it with Spectrasonics plugins. Um, you talk to someone that updates that's not using this particular plugin, that's not using this particular hardware, that's not using it in this particular context, and they say, it's great, it works perfect. You update, you happen to be using a plugin that that one niche developer that's a, a, a one person shop, like hasn't updated their plugin in five years, suddenly it stops working and you're, you're the one that's out, not your buddy, not the person you read on the internet, not me who created a video to tell you to update to live 11.1. You're the person that's out. So what we've got to do, we have to update, we have to upgrade, but we have to do it in a process in a way that's, that's safe right? Uh, we have to do it in a way that's that's safe. So here's how I suggest we do it. Uh, this is a nine-step process, and we're going to go through these fairly, fairly quickly, but this is a nine-step process that I would suggest. Uh, maybe even grab a piece of paper uh, if you want to follow along, write this process down um, um, that I think is going to be really helpful for you to, to upgrade and update safely. Okay. Number one, uh, here's how to do it. Number one, 
use a backup computer if possible. I know this isn't always possible. Um, uh, you know, if you're a playback tech on the road, it's like really, really good, good best practice to use uh, a computer that's just for playback. But I know that's not always possible for all of us. A lot of times we're using the computer that we do email on that we surf the internet on is also our computer that we run tracks on. Um, I know it's not possible, always possible. Um, uh, but try your best to use a backup computer if possible. And so here's, here's what I would say. Um, Ableton live 11.1, uh, comes out, Ableton announces it. I would not look at it and say, I'm not going to update to this because, uh, things could go bad. Um, uh, now granted I said earlier, don't update in the middle of a tour current gig. Uh, but here's the caveat to that. Ableton releases 11.1. I immediately need to get in and see what's there and see how it works on my rig. But in order to make that happen, I'm not going to take my main rig and update that. I'm going to take a backup rig if possible. If you don't have a backup rig, if you don't have a backup machine, um, then then maybe hold off on this and wait till you can get that to update. But number one, I would use a backup computer. Again, I know it's not always possible, but use a backup computer and install that newest version of the software. Uh, number two, if at all possible, keep the previous version of the software on your computer. Um, even on your backup machine, I would keep Live 11 and 11.1 on your computer. Uh, if you look at my, let's see if I can get over here and I'll share my screen for just a second. Uh, if you look at my applications folder for Ableton, give me just one second here and I'll share this so everyone can see. So I've got Ableton Live 9, Ableton Live 10, Ableton Live 11, and then Ableton Live 11.1. And the reason I have all of those on my machine is uh, I've tried sometimes if I'm feeling incredibly motivated when I release a product, I try to create that in live nine or live 10. Typically most everything is 10. If you're, if you're that far behind on nine, I'm like, you're probably not hip to what's going on. And um, and, and so it's maybe not worth creating this template, but if you're, you're still on 10, I understand that it's like a version and a half ago. So I, I get that. So I though keep, I've got nine, 10, 11, 11.1 at the bare minimum. Let's say you've been using 11, 11.1 comes out on your backup machine, download 11.1, keep that also. So keep the previous version, uh, on your machine, uh, on your backup machine, if possible. I think that's super important. So new version of the software comes out. We are going to update to that immediately, but here's the, the thing that's going to make this work. We're going to apply this nine step framework and step one is to update not on our main machine, but to update on our backup machine. In addition to updating on our backup machine, we're going to keep a previous version of live uh, or whatever software, uh, keep the previous version, uh, installed as well too. If we're talking about hardware and we're talking about firmware, um, double check with the company, read some notes, reach out to support, make sure you're able to like downgrade to the previous version of firmware. And if you can, um, that's great. Go ahead and update, but keep a copy of the previous version of your firmware, uh, on a thumb drive on your computer or whatever. So make sure you have access to that. Okay. Number three, find a live set, an Ableton live set. Uh, if you're using this upgrading with, with main stage, with whatever, uh, find a live set that, you know, works like this is the live set. You just got off tour. You did 16 dates and you never had a single issue with it, with it. That's a live set we want to use. Uh, hopefully that live set um, has plugins in it or whatever. Like however you used it, it's got to be a, a uh, it's got to be a set that you know that works. You don't want to create a new live set and introduce a bunch of variables that have never been tested that you're not, you don't know that works. Because I've seen people say, oh, I tried to update to 
to Ableton Live 11 or I tried to do this thing or use this interface, but suddenly they changed too many variables at once. And I'm like, well, if you change three variables at once, you have no clue what's causing the problem. And now it's easy for you and we can, um, we can guess, we can, uh, you know, kind of estimate that we think the problem is with the software update, but it's very possible that this boutique plugin that hasn't been updated in five years that you haven't used in three years that suddenly you decide to add to this new process. So don't do that. So um, use a well-functioning, known-to-work live set that's going to be our tester. So we're going to update. We're going to update on a backup machine. That's super important. Number two, on that backup machine, we're going to keep the previous version of Ableton or whatever software we're testing or firmware for our hardware um, on that machine. And then number three, what we're going to start to test with is a version of the software, a file that we know works. We've had no issues with this. We've used it before. This is what we use week in and week out at the church. If you're listening as a worship leader, whatever that is, take that file. Now we're going to start to apply this. step four. We want to open it and we want to run it with the new software on our backup machine. But here's where it becomes super important. Again, I stress the importance of not relying on someone else's experience to tell you if it's safe to update. This is why you're going to run that new version of that live set or whatever it is that you know that works in the new version of the software with your gear. So I'm talking your interface, your computers, um, your plugins, whatever it is. Uh, and you're going to use that uh, on your computer. Okay. Um, you're going to start using that as like, you know, daily experiences you're working, like whatever it is, um, you're going to test that and try that. Now it's super important that you understand, um, you may open that and immediately realize there's some sort of issue. It's really important at that point. Do not post on some random forum on the internet to ask if anyone else has that issue. That's that's fine too, but reach out to that company. Reach out to, uh, let's say you're updating to Ableton Live 11.1, and as soon as you do, you realize there's an issue with a particular plugin. Reach out to Ableton, reach out to that plugin. That plugin person is probably going to say, oh, it's a problem with Ableton. And it probably is, but let both of those companies know. And Ableton may reach out to that company and say, hey, you know, we've got an issue here, blah, blah, blah. Let them handle it, but get that info to them as soon as possible if you discover any issues. Okay. But let's say everything's working fine. And then start kind of running with that. Keep both of those versions on your computer. Do this on a backup machine. Um, run your live set and make sure everything works, but then start trying to use it. Now, it's important to understand that as you're trying to use it, um, it you make any changes to your live set that works and live is going to prompt you to say, would you like to save changes? Uh, would you like to, to, uh, create a new version because the version you're working in is newer than the previous version and it won't be able to update. If you've seen that message before, you know what I'm talking about. So just be aware of that, but here's the scenario I want to put you, put you in. So we've, we've updated, uh, to the newest version on a backup machine. Uh, we've kept the previous version of live or whatever it is around. Um, we're using a well-functioning known to work live set. We're starting to test that live set, like in, uh, in, in a real process where with our real software, our real plugins, whatever it's step five of this nine step framework is now to create uh, a burn-in scenario. I had never heard this term before until I don't know how many years ago. Uh, I saw on social media um, a, a audio video integrator post that basically before they do an installation at a site, they get all the gear, they unbox all the gear, they set all the gear up in a room in their warehouse as if it was going to be installed. And then they run a burn-in scenario where they basically burn the gear in uh, they make sure everything's working. They update firmware. They make sure it's all compatible so that then they can pack it all back up and then take it on site to wherever the, the venue is, wherever the, the room is that they're installing it. And then they install it. Um, this is super important because I, I highly 
highly suggest that you run it like you would if you're using it live a few times. Um, if this is at your house, set it up in the living room, set it up in an office, like wherever you have some extra space, leave it powered on just like you would in a real world environment. We want to get as close to a real world environment as possible before we get into rehearsal, before we get into using it live. Um, we want to uh, uh, kind of create a real world environment, a burn in situ situation scenario where we're using a known to work live set with uh, our gear, with our hardware, and we we run a real world scenario. Um, pencil in, you know, a couple hours uh, over a couple days, where you sit behind your computer with headphones on, on, um, turn your phone off, and just press play and just sit there and watch live and listen. Do you hear any drops? Do you hear any issues? Uh, as you're using your MIDI controller, as if you would live, does everything function the way you think it would? If it does, then you're probably safe. If not, then explore a little bit, figure out what's going on, okay? So we've run in our burn-in scenario. We haven't had any issues. We think we're good. Step six is we want to try it out in rehearsal. We want to get into a low-pressure environment like rehearsal and start to try this out. Um, here's a couple things. The minute anything goes wrong, pivot to your old file. Um, and I don't want to sugarcoat this. This is going to be a real pain in the you-know-what to do this. Uh, because again, we talked about that issue of, uh, if you make a change in your new file, that's not going to be able to be opened in your old file. So there may be a process where, again, don't do this. Like you're about to prepare for tour and you have a three day rehearsal and you're managing to don't do this, find some sort of rehearsal environment. Maybe you're helping out a, a band locally, very low pressure. Maybe it's a free thing. You're not even paid to do it. And you say, Hey, I just want to test out the software. Can I come run tracks for you guys? Like, you know, for free or whatever for a rehearsal. Let's just see how it goes. Um, but you want to walk into that scenario and you want to have the, the file you're working with, like the previous version. Again, remember we're on a backup computer, previous version of our file, previous version of the software as a backup but you have the new version of the software and the, the that same file that you're running. If you have to make a change, again, this is why it's a pain in the butt. I'm, I didn't say it's gonna be easy, but you have to pivot back to that old version and make a change so that you have that there as well too. Maybe make a, a, a note of all your changes, make it in the real software and then go back later and make it in your old one. Um, managing changes a, a, across multiple versions, keeping up with all of it is not gonna be fun, but we do all that so that if there's an issue, then we can instantly pivot back to the previous version of the software, the previous version of our file, okay? So we're gonna try down rehearsal, starting to really expose this to the real world. Uh, it's again, our hardware, it's 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 our plugins, it's our live set, it's um, the stuff that we typically do. If at all possible, number seven, try it out on a low pressure gig. Um, the minute anything goes wrong, pivot to your old file. Again, this this rehearsal may be enough for you. Like that may be perfectly fine. Um, try to get in a scenario where you could also do a run through. Again, let's say we're in rehearsal instead of a low pressure gig where you're actually live in front of people. Maybe it's just like a run through. If you're doing this in a church scenario, you 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 know practice at home, you rehearse together, then you have some sort of run through all together, or you can implement that for this one particular thing. Try it out. Does it work good? Great. If you're a typically paranoid kind of person, maybe run two or three more times and make sure it works. Um, again, it's it's not going to be fun to have to suddenly pivot to the old version. Um, but worst case, you can you got your backup computer. Just go to your primary computer and you've got the previous version that's working. Everything's fine. You're good. Step eight. We've done our work. We've run it through our process. We've done a burn in. We've used it in rehearsal. 
it's our gear, it's our plugins, it's our software. Reach out to friends that you know and compare notes. Uh, if you don't have a friend that um, uh, that that uses live, if you're not sure exactly who to use, then join a community like from studio to stage. And this is not meant to be a sales pitch, but um, uh, we have people reach out often on the community forums and say, hey, um, has anyone updated to this? Anyone having issues? Like check in and make sure it's safe. Uh, compare notes, like be a generous person and say, hey, I've been running live 11.1 on this version, Mac OS, this version, Windows OS, um, uh, with these plugins, with this hardware, and I've had no issues. Have you guys seen anything? And what you may get is someone that says, hey, I didn't have issues until I started to do this. And that may be the thing that goes, yeah, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to wait. Or you may get a little bit of feedback from other people. Because again, yes, I did say don't rely on someone else's experience to say it's safe for me to upgrade. But we don't also want to live in a bubble and be isolated and miss something where if we reached out and said, hey, has anyone experienced any issues that your friend, she may reach out and say, hey, actually, I, I experienced this issue when I did this one thing. Um, it's not a big deal. Leave it up to you, right? Uh, and if anything, be generous with the knowledge you've gained and said, here's my exact setup. Here's the specs. I've had no issues. It's safe to update. Then and only then, step nine, once you feel good, make the plunge. And so what I mean by that is then you shift to the new software, do a good job of file management, archiving your previous files and previous uh, live versions. Like don't ditch those. Don't keep those, um, you know, don't trash those, keep them around in case you have to pivot back for some reason. Um, if, if you're a playback tech, if you're a freelancer consultant, someone that's working with lots of different artists, it's worth keeping older versions of files around. Cause you'll get with some band somewhere that's like, Oh, we're not moving to live 11. Uh, we're, we're only on live 10. You want to have your templates and all that stuff available in 10 as well too. So you can use it. But once you feel good, make the plunge, you can only make the plunge when you've walked through the experience of updating, you've tried it in your scenario, you've gone through the whole burn-in process. Once you've done that, once you've compared notes with other people, then you can finally um, update and make the plunge. So should you update to Live 11.1? Yes, I think you should. It's free. It's worth it. If you're on an M1 Mac, then 100% you need to update so that it works. But to make the process smooth, follow that nine-step framework and process um, uh, to make sure that when you update, you're going to update safely and in a way that's not going to break everything. I hope that was beneficial to you. Again, I, I apologize. I mean, I started the episode apologizing. I apologize for burying this within the context of should you upgrade to Live 11.1, which is very date limited. So like I said, I'm probably going to do a future episode where I dive back into this. So let me know right now, if you made it to this point, you're a trooper, you are a true believer in this concept. Let me know in the comments um, what your upgrade process looks like. Did I miss anything in this? I wanna hear from you so that in this next episode in 2023, I can add it to the process. But again, this is super important. However you do it, whether you follow my process or have your own or there's other steps, because you have to update. We cannot just stay on Live 8 forever. I mean, you'd be surprised about the amount of people that reach out or talk to me and they go, hey, do you have this template available for Live 9? Because they still have not updated. Folks, we're on Live 11. I can understand Live 10 maybe, but we're on Live 11. And you maybe go, well, there's no reason for me to update. Well, I highly, highly doubt that. No matter how you're using Live 11, um, or how you're using Ableton on stage, there's something in Live 11 that's that's gonna save you time, uh, that's gonna make your live e uh, life easier. There's updates to it that are gonna help. I know some folks that have computers that they've never uh, connected to the internet. At some point, you gotta connect that thing to the internet and you gotta get some updates on it. 
but you need a process to do that efficiently, right? Because on one hand, we can't just be updating as soon as something new comes out, which I know a lot of people do, and then they get bit by it and they go, Ableton's buggy, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, Ableton's issue with your MIDI controller is not Ableton's issue. It's not really the MIDI controller's issue. And it's not really Apple's issue. It's like everyone's issue kind of together. So the way to figure all that stuff out, again, is give it time. Follow a process for updating. Um, again, let me know in the comments if you're listening on YouTube, watching on YouTube, what your process looks like for updating anything I missed. But again, this is super important. I think this would have saved people. Again, I apologize for burying this in the live 11.1 thing, burying the whole lead here, because I think um, uh, pulling this out of this episode um, and making it kind of a central standalone thing probably would have saved a lot of people. In fact, I need to make sure uh, um, in the 2023 episode of this, because of what happened with 11.2, like step one is turn off all auto updates, right? Um, cause this will solve, uh, solve this for people in the future. So, um, this is a learning lesson for me to not tie things to a date specific thing to make it evergreen, which is really, really good. And it's all part of the process. Um, like I said, man, this is the last episode of 2022, which is just crazy to me. Um, next week's episode is going to be out on the 2nd of January. We'll start a brand new year. Here's a great way to end the year. It's not too late to start 2023 off right by subscribing and becoming a From Studio to Stage student. To do that, you can head to fromstudiostage.com slash subscribe. You'll learn everything you need to know. You'll learn pricing, the various ways to pay monthly, annually. And when you join From Studio to Stage, you're joining a community of people that are just like you, that are wanting to perform on stage. Community of people that's diverse. We have worship leaders, we have artists, we have uh, bands, we have playback techs, we have people that are wanting to become those things. We have people that have done that for many, many years that are masters of their craft. So no matter where you are in that spectrum of, of people using Ableton Live, there's someone like you that is already at From Studio to Stage. So you have a community of people that are gonna support you and help you learn how to do this. And as I talked about um, over the past couple of weeks, you're gonna get the knowledge to allow you to be humbly confident, but humbly, humbly curious. You're gonna get the knowledge to enhance your current skill set and learn some new skills. You're gonna learn how to go beyond just learning how to do something and why it works that way so that when things go wrong, you can troubleshoot properly. See how I tied all that together? It's all part of the master plan. So in order to end the year strong, again, to get access to a community that's gonna not uh, let you quit, that's gonna support you throughout the process, get access to courses, to community, uh, to, uh, to, to credits that you can use to purchase things from the shop like templates, presets, all sorts of things like that. Head to fromstudiosage.com slash subscribe. Again, I know you will not, uh, 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 it won't disappoint. I know you're gonna be happy with it. And for some reason or not, I offer a 30 day uh, money back guarantee, which means you could subscribe, try it out. If it's not for you, just email me and say, Will, it's not for me. I'll give you your money back, no questions asked. So you literally have no risk, except for the risk that you take in not subscribing and trying to do it all on your own. I tried to do that for many, many years. I wish from studio stage was around when I got started because it would have saved me a lot of headaches and a lot of times of accidentally triggering the wrong song or sending the guy cue out of the wrong channel in front of house. So if you want to avoid the mistakes I made early in my career, become a from studio to stage student. If you're not ready for that quite yet, then just hit subscribe on this YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, if not, head over to YouTube, hit subscribe, enable the bell icon. Uh, I went ahead into 2023. I would love to hit 20,000 subscribers. I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, I have hope that it could happen, but at the time of me recording this, uh, as I'm recording it, what are we at? 
we're uh, almost at 15,500. Uh, 15, so we got quite a ways to go, but hey, anything could happen. Let's end the year strong. Hit subscribe, enable the bell icon. Post a brand new tutorial every single day, brand new episode of Behind the Space Bar every single Monday, and I don't want you to miss it. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for your support in 2022. Let's kick off 2023 uh, strong. We're coming from Studio Sage subscriber. See you next year. That's always fun to say at the end of the year. Take care, everybody. Bye.